Good morning, Evergreen Church family. I waited the, the whole weekend to say this, or maybe perhaps my whole life. He is risen! He is risen! So this morning, we come together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he has risen, we have confidence that we will be raised with him in eternity. And all of God's promises find their yes and amen in Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, for some, it's not clear to see. Actually, many are blind to the good news of the gospel. But for the believer, we have true living hope in our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. For us to remember and recognize the beauty and the glory of the resurrection. My hope and prayer this morning is that we will boldly proclaim the gospel and worship Christ as a risen king, even if the world around us seems dark and broken. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this glorious Easter morning. We are fired up to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, may we see with great clarity the importance and glory of the resurrection. For us to truly know that Christ is risen, he is alive, and that he is our living hope. Thank you for saving us, for giving us the opportunity to be adopted into your family. So Father, may the preaching of your word and our worship this morning bring you great glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. On September 2nd, 2020, my family and I heard the worst news of our lives from the doctor. She said, your child has cancer. That was our dark reality. And when our son Jordan was diagnosed with leukemia, initially the doctor said that he had a 50-50 chance of living, that he'll be hospitalized for the next eight months going through intense chemo, And as you can imagine, it was a very traumatic moment in our lives. Our dreams were shattered in a blink of an eye. Our days were filled with tears. At one point, I wasn't able to see clearly. I couldn't believe that my son was sick and that he might die. I kept thinking if I could just switch places with Jordan, I would. But I couldn't. And for the first time ever as a father, I felt helpless. But through prayer and support from other brothers and sisters in Christ, God gave us clarity in our hope in Christ. Through his word, we knew that the Lord loved Jordan. And no matter what happened, that the Lord would always be with Jordan. That he would never leave nor forsake Jordan. It was clear that the Lord is trustworthy. He sustained us during this difficult season. And when we found out that Jordan was in remission, We praise God. We were just overfilled with joy. More than you could possibly imagine. It was the greatest news ever. So we praise God for healing Jordan. We now know this. But in that moment of cancer and chemo, as you can imagine, it was a very dark and traumatic season for us. So this morning, this Easter morning, 
We know the entire resurrection story because we have the Bible. For many of us, we heard the Easter story for years or perhaps decades. I remember the first time hearing the Easter story, I was thinking, why are the disciples so upset? Christ is going to be risen in three days. It's easy now to say that because we have the complete story. So this morning, I want all of us to go back 2,000 years ago and turn to John chapter 20, verse 11. And put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples and Mary Magdalene. Keep in mind, as Pastor Kenny preached on Friday, they saw firsthand Christ being arrested, crucified, mocked, beaten beyond recognition, and dying a gruesome and horrific death on the cross. So before we go into our passage, I want to give you some context. In verses 1 through 10... Mary Magdalene, a follower of Jesus, who was delivered from demon possession, went to the tomb before dawn in order to anoint Jesus' body for a proper burial. She soon discovers that the stone had been rolled away. And Mary noticed the tomb was empty. So she ran back to tell the other disciples. Peter and John ran ahead of her and saw the empty tomb for themselves and then went home. But Mary, but Mary stayed and wept. So let's go to verse 11 of John 20. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. Verse 13. They said to her, "Woman, Why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So Mary was weeping outside the tomb because it was empty. Jesus' body wasn't there. She went to perform the anointing to give him a proper burial. And yet someone had taken the body. And in verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 1 of chapter 20, she saw that the tomb was empty. Yet something caused her to go again. And when she looked again, she saw two angels. She saw two angels. And these two angels were sitting in a tomb where Jesus' body used to be. And in verse 13, they said, Woman, why are you weeping now? So right now, I know many of us know the story. We may know that Jesus is alive. We know that the reason why Jesus' body isn't in the tomb is because he's alive. But Mary doesn't know this. Mary is looking through her tears. But she sees, but she cannot really see. Instead of the angels rebuking Mary, they ask her a question to understand her grief. So why is she weeping? Because her Lord has been taken away. She believes that Jesus' enemies have actually stolen the body. That is why in verse 13, she says, They, they have taken away my Lord. Mary wants to honor Jesus with a proper burial, but she cannot find the body. She's seeking, but she will not find Jesus because Jesus is about to find her. Verse 14. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Notice, it's almost a repeat of verse 13 with the angels. 
And Mary finds herself in front of someone she didn't recognize. Jesus sees her weeping and asks her, Woman, why are you weeping? In verse 15, says, Supposing him to be the gardener, Mary, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. For some reason, Mary doesn't recognize Jesus. For some reason, Mary can't see through her tears. She can't get through her grief. She can't get, get through her pain, see through her pain. Perhaps it's because Jesus is hard to recognize. We also see this in Luke chapter 24. When Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, and the disciples couldn't recognize Jesus as well. So he, she, so he was hard to recognize, and Mary couldn't see clearly. Also, for some reason, she doesn't remember that Jesus told her multiple times that he will rise three days later. But the fact is, even though Mary feels like Jesus is dead in God, he is actually near to her. Jesus asks why she is weeping and who she's looking for. She thought he was a gardener that took care of the tomb. So she asks if he has taken Jesus' body. And now through God's providence, gardener has a special place in my heart. My, my dad and Rocky's dad was a gardener for over 50 years. He would work six or seven days a week to support for our family through the hot blazing sun in the summertime. Rocky and I would help my dad during the weekends and, and summer vacation. So it's a blue-collar work. It's a difficult occupation. But we've seen my dad transforming a, a, a dead garden that just filled with dirt, weeds, and dead plants, and transforming it into a lively garden that's full of green, full of life, full of trees, bearing incredible fruit and beautiful flowers. In a similar way, I see Christ turning our hearts that are stale and dead to sin and transforming our hearts with the Spirit of God that is filled with life and hope. Mary was wrong in supposing that Jesus was a gardener, but perhaps in some ways she was right. I love how the Puritan Isaac Ambrose comments on Christ being a gardener. He writes, As Adam was placed in a garden, and the first office allotted to him was to be a gardener. So Jesus Christ first appeared in the garden and presents himself in a gardener's likeness. And as the first gardener, Adam, was a parent of sin, the ruin of mankind, and the author of death, so is this gardener Christ, the ransom of our sin, the raiser of our ruins, and the restorer of our life. In some sense, Christ was a gardener. But Mary's mistake was in supposing him the gardener of that only place and not the gardener of our souls. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is our resurrected king and he will reconcile all things to himself. He will right every wrong. He will remove every curse. And we know this because Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 tells us so. He, Christ, will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. 
for the former things have passed away. The resurrection is a guarantee of this future hope, and we see this. But Mary does not see this. All she knows is that Jesus is dead and his body has been taken away. She just wants to honor the Lord with a proper burial. She sees, but she does not really see. The circumstances are too dark. Her heart is too heavy, and her mind is too clouded. Even though the evidence of the resurrection is all around her, the stone has been rolled away. She saw two angels. She saw two angels. She spoke to two angels. The cloth was folded, and she was in front of Christ himself. Nothing seems that, that would resonate, nothing appeared to resonate in Mary's heart except for one thing. So let's go back to verse 11 and allow me to read from the beginning of our passage again. And this time around, I want you to put yourself in Mary's shoes. Pretend that you're standing next to Mary, seeing and hearing and feeling her sorrow. The Lord has been taken. Her desire to honor him has been stolen. Her whole life has been turned upside down. Think of the hopelessness she might feel. Consider her grief. Then think of your own seasons of darkness when it seems though God is non-existent. When sin seems to rule the world through disappointment, sadness, and suffering. When Jesus is absent, nothing seems to make sense. More than anything, we need him. We need to see him. With that in mind, let's walk through the story once again. Verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Verse 14. Having said this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Wow. With a single word, Jesus opened Mary's eyes. And I love what Charles Spurgeon said. Jesus can preach a perfect sermon in one word. Jesus merely spoke her name Mary, and in a flash, her confusion, her doubt, and sorrow vanished and relief joy and hope flooded her heart john calvin commented that voice of the shepherd therefore enters into mary's heart open her eyes arouses all her senses and affect her in such a manner that she immediately surrenders herself to christ our good shepherd christ pursues us just like how he leaves the 99 for that one He initiates our salvation, and his sheep will recognize his voice. John 10, 27 tells us, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. 
and no one will snatch him out of my hand. It's all through God's grace. He has called our names this morning. Amen? Mary can't help but respond by crying out, Rabboni, her master and teacher. In a moment, everything changed. She turned away from her dark world and turned to Christ. Crying out, she wanted to understand, how can these things be? She wants to know from her teacher, what's happening? But Jesus is not finished with his revelation. He tells her not to cling to him since he's not remaining here forever. But instead, he must ascend to the Father. The exaltation of Jesus is not complete until he is seated at the right hand of God. But Jesus says something amazing. He gives Mary a command. Check it out in verse 17. Jesus says, Do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. This is absolutely incredible. This is a milestone in the gospel. For the first time, the disciples are called brothers instead of servant or friend. That's incredible. It's through his work of redemption on the cross that this new relationship with him was made possible. Because Christ has risen. The disciples of Jesus are no longer just followers. They are family. Jesus is not just their Lord and God, but their brother. This is the doctrine of adoption. Also, God is specifically identified as father to the disciples. Jesus tells us in verse 17, I am ascending to my father, and what? And your father, my God, and who's God? My God. His heavenly father is now our heavenly father. You and I can be brought into God's family as sons and daughters. This is huge because all of us at one point, we were considered enemies and strangers to God. The Bible tells us specifically in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the beauty of the gospel is, if you repent, turn away from your life of sin, and turn to Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. Romans 10.9 tells us that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you done that today? If not, make today your day of salvation. Do you hear Jesus calling your name? Have you responded to that call? If your heart is crying out to Christ this morning and you want to know more about the gospel, come speak to me or anybody with a suit. A pastor will love to talk to you about the gospel over some local moco after service. But please, come to us. So how does Mary respond to the resurrection of Christ? She faithfully obeys her Lord. This is a testimony on how all of us should respond to the gospel. Amen? Look at verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And he had said these things to her. Mary proclaims to the disciples who are wrapped up in their own grief and sorrow, I have seen the Lord. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is alive. 
when he calls your name and brings you out of darkness into his kingdom, you cannot be the same. Death no longer has a final word in your life. Jesus does. Sorrow and sin no longer reigns in your life. Jesus does. When you hear our name called by the Spirit of Christ, we celebrate the truth that we now see more clearly than ever. We get to respond and worship by boldly proclaiming the gospel and obeying our Lord. Because Jesus is with us. He has conquered sin and death and has given us a message to share. The tomb is still empty. Even though it seems like in our society today that the world around us is dark and cloudy and full of sorrow and pain, those things do not have the last word. Jesus does. So will you follow in Mary's footstep and proclaim the gospel this morning? Amen? We have heard and seen the glory of the Lord. He has come, and he's coming again. Praise the Lord. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for the glory of the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for making it crystal clear through your word that your son is risen, that our Lord is alive, and that he is our living hope. We have great comfort knowing that no matter what happens in our lives, we can always look to Christ because he is always with us and that we will be with him forever. Because of you, Christ, we're now part of your family. We're so overjoyed that you have adopted us into your family. And now we can call the Father, Abba, Father. So Father, help us to be like Mary this morning. Not to keep the resurrection a secret, but to be able to boldly proclaim the gospel wherever we go. Help us to be faithful to that calling in our household, in our workplaces, in our schools, with our family members, and our friends. So Father, once again, we're so thankful for what you have done for us. I pray that we will continue to worship you with great passion throughout the day, knowing that Christ is risen. We love you so much. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.